Beautiful. Appreciate that. A note to Miss Velvet up there. We're going to be starting on slide number 12. And, you know, I don't say it often enough. I so appreciate Scott and Velvet. They have a ministry up there that takes them up there and away from down here. But I, I have the utmost confidence in them. And I'm, I just feel good when I see them up there. I know things are going to be done uh, very well. And I appreciate that. Um, before we get into we're going to conclude this morning's message, I have a question for you because you folks represent a great reservoir of knowledge, okay? And this question has nothing to do with the, the message or anything today. It has nothing to do with anything spiritual, but I was thinking about it. And it's truly a question I have, and I can't think of a better group of people to ask this question of here this afternoon, and either you will know the answer or you'll make up something that sounds reasonable well. Here's the question. I know, and, and by the way, this it is kind of related to the season. It, it, it is related to baseball. You know, we're in the World Series and all that kind of stuff. So here's, here's my baseball question for you today. I know what a Tiger is, okay? I, I know what a Yankee is. I know what a cub is. I know what an Indian is. I have no idea what a Dodger is. What, what, I mean, why, what's a Dodger and why would you want to be one? I'm, what, what, what's that mean? I'm, you know, and a lot of times we take things for granted. You know, L.A. Dodgers, I'm for the Dodgers, I'm a Dodger. What does that mean? I, I was, see, I have time to think about this kind of stuff. You know, I'm just a pastor, work one day a week. I got lots of time on my hands. So... Okay, the real Dodgers were. Are you serious? That's where the name. No, Ted. He said they they were in, in Brooklyn and they had to dodge streetcars to get to the stadium. <laughs> dodge, uh, Jim, any credibility to that? Dodge? No, no. But somebody will... Okay, here comes Tom. Oh, Tom Googled it. Okay. Tom? A person who engages in cunning tricks or dishonest practices... See, the... Oh, Bonnie... So Ted got it right, dodging. That has nothing to do with anything, but I was thinking about it the other day. I think, what? what? Now I know. I mean, and I took a reservoir of, of knowledge. Okay, back to a more serious topic. Our perception. Perception is important. It's important that our perception be accurate. And we read this morning that in relationship to Abraham and his descendants, they saw themselves as strangers and pilgrims in this world. And that is very important for us to understand. That can help us. One of my favorite writers is A.W. Tozer. And I have a quote from him. It's on the screen behind me. He says this concerning us being strangers. I sort of say strangers and dodgers. No, (laughs) us being strangers and pilgrims. 
He says, if we are genuine, committed Christians, intent upon walking by faith with our Lord Jesus Christ, then we are continually confessing that we are pilgrims and that we are strangers. The Holy Spirit, who is the real author of this letter to the Hebrews, uses the terms pilgrims and strangers to remind the early Christians that they were not yet at their final home. He goes on to say, the message still reads the same today. Christian pilgrims are journeying by faith from an old city that is cursed and under threat of judgment to a blessed and celestial city where dwells Emmanuel. And as our concerns for this world grow more serious, it seems like day by day, that is a proper perspective to have. And I told you this morning, and I repeat it again this afternoon, God gave us that image of pilgrim, of stranger, because he knew that is something we could relate to. And we're developing, even, we're developing that thought even further by thinking about what it means to be, in this world, a pilgrim and a stranger. We went through five of them this morning, five more this afternoon. Number six, what is a stranger? A stranger that has a journey to go on would pass over it as soon as he could. And so we, who have a journey to heaven, desire, not, desire to be not entangled on this journey. Uh, the point there is, when, when you have a place that you're going to, when you're just a pilgrim here, I'm just a pilgrim here because I'm headed here. And we tend to want to get there as quickly as, as possible. That, that is a place that we are going. That is a place that we are longing for. Philippians, not 21, I messed that up. It must be 2-1. Paul says, or I left out the chapter, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, he's looking ahead. He's looking ahead to his, his, his home. There's a place that he was longing for. And our perspective on this earth should be, while we have blessings here and family we love and things that God has given us, even in this world, to enjoy, it's going to be far greater in the world to come. And we look forward to that. I know that Sharon and I, we had the privilege a year or two ago. My son Jeremy knows these folks and these good Christian family in Tennessee who own a... Well, it's, they call it a cabin. It's a beautiful home up on a mountain with a fantastic view in North Carolina, a gorgeous home. And uh, uh, Jeremy made it available that Sharon and I could go up there and, and spend the week there. And it was beautiful. The, the view was fantastic. The home was beautiful, and we enjoyed it. But you know what? There always comes a time when you're ready to go home, as much as you enjoy it. Even that week, you know, about day four or five, you know, I'm growing restless. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go home. And as much as we enjoy this world, and there are things that God has given us here that we can enjoy. Our, our fellowship this afternoon, our, our laughing together this afternoon, I mean, that, that's a ray of sunshine in, in a dark and dreary world. So we, we have our blessings, and God is good to us. But as pilgrims and as strangers, keep the right perspective. There's a place that we're going to, where it's just going to be perfect all the time. 
And we're not going to have to read about the horrors of ISIS over in the Middle East. We're not going to have to read about the devastation of of cancer in the lives of people and things like that. I mean, it is going to be the place most wonderful for us, and we should long for that. And as we're here and as we're involved in this world to the degree that we should be, we remember there, there's, there's a, this isn't home. And, and even though we haven't experienced it yet, God has given us through his word and through the Holy Spirit uh, an indication of how wonderful and how good it's going to be. Uh, number seven, a stranger buys no such things as he cannot carry with him. He purchases only what is valuable and portable. Our greatest care should be to get the blessings of God, those things that will abide with us. You know, think about it. Not only does the Bible say we're pilgrims and strangers, but in all the verses I've shared with you uh, this morning and this afternoon, there, there are some indications there about how we should relate to this world. 1 John 2.15 tells us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Very clearly, As pilgrims and strangers, we're not to love the world. And therefore, we don't load our lives down with things of this world. We should be more focused with what we can carry with us. You you know, my my mom and my my brother were up here recently, and there were things that my mom my brother thought about that they would like to to purchase and have, but then they think about, well, we, we, we can't carry it with us. And because we can't carry it with us, we just won't get it. And anything they could carry with them, they were more likely to purchase that, and it was of value to them because they could uh, take it with them. What is it that we're going to be able to take to our home, our heavenly home? You know, do we really want to get wrapped up in things here that we're not going to be able to bring with us? There is something, in a sense, that we can bring with us, and what is that? Saved family and friends. That's the only thing going ahead with us. We should be focused on that, witnessing to our family, witnessing to our friends. Because when it comes time for that final journey home, we're not going to be able to take our cars, your favorite lazy boy, or, you know, anything, you know, your favorite rifle or whatever. We we, we need to understand that. And that perspective will, will help us. And will cause us to have less stress and less frustration. Number eight. A stranger's heart is in his country. So is a saint. Now this is kind of similar to what we mentioned in point number six. But again, listen to what the Lord is saying through his word. Matthew 6, 19. There's this theme running through scripture about pilgrims and strangers. When he says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. A stranger's heart is in his country. It's at his home. I've heard in the 25 years that I've been living here, there have been, and I've learned about in Michigan, a lot of people that live downstate, at some point in time, maybe in retirement, they they get to move up here. And they they love being up here, and this becomes their home. 
And I've heard them say that when they go back downstate, for those who have lived downstate in one of the big metropolitan areas, when they have lived down there and now they live up here, they say once they move up here but they have to go back downstate, they said it is the most wonderful feeling to get on I-75 and turn north to go home rather than south to go home. And I see some folks nodding their heads in agreement with that. That there is, you know, because that's where your heart is now. You know, our, our, our hearts are up here in northern Michigan, and we feel so blessed to, to live up here. You know, we have new folks in church, and some of you haven't heard me share this quick little story, that when we were in the building over there on 5th Street, uh, it was right next, you know, the campground was right down the street from it, and I was out in the checking the mail at the church, and uh, some older gentleman was walking by, and uh, we, we started up a conversation. He was staying at the campground, and we got to talking, and he asked me where I was from, and I told him, I said, well, we just moved here not too long ago, but we lived in, in the Chicago suburb area, and he stopped, and he smiled, and he said, son, God has been good to you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> moving, moving you up here, and, and again, you know, for us now, this is home. And, and and we need to understand that about our heavenly home. And I, I know we haven't been there yet. You know, we, we haven't hung the curtains and done all of that stuff. But we need to understand that that is what the Lord is emphasizing when he says things like, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. You know, he, he, he says, lay it up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That is our home. Number nine, a stranger a traveler, a sojourner, is inquisitive after the way, fearing lest he should go amiss. So is a Christian. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now you say, how, do those, how does that point in that verse, you know, how does that work together? Well, it says a stranger is inquisitive after the way. When you're on a journey, and especially when you're going somewhere you've never been before, uh, you, you, you would have a map. You, you would, you, nowadays, we use, most people use their GPS on, on their phone. And, you know, you, you want to make sure you're, you're following it. You, you want to make sure you, you get to the destination. You, you, you trust in the map. Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen says, Fear God and keep his commandments. That, that's our map. I mean, here in this world, while we're here, he's given us commandments that apply to this world. Commandments that we're to follow. That keeps us on course. That keeps us headed in, in the right direction. And we don't want to get off course. You know, I've made this observation before. Probably all of us in this room have been traveling in a place that we weren't familiar with. And you get lost. Sometimes even with, with GPS, you, you get lost. And I would call this one of Murphy's Laws. And especially if you get lost in a metropolitan area at night, invariably, you end up not in the best part of town. You invariably get lost in the worst part of town. I don't think I have ever one time, late at night, gotten lost in a city situation and said, this is beautiful. I didn't know this existed. You know, I'm saying, keep your head down, Sharon. Keep your head down, you know. This is not a good neighborhood. So it's important to stay focused on where you're going. We have to make sure, you know, this is, this is our map through this life, through this, through this world. Yes, we're strangers. Yes, we're pilgrims. And our time here is going, is going to be very short. You live to be 100. And compared to eternity, that's 
a vapor. Okay? So we don't want to get off track. We, we don't want to get lost in this world. And all these problems can be distractions. Now, this has happened to me a couple times in the last year. I think one time I was talking to Matt, headed south, and I was going to Ann Arbor, and I ended up at the palace. What did I miss? 2375 cutoff because I was talking to Matt. And then I had to get, you know, and it's not easy to get from the palace back over to Ann Arbor. Can I hear an amen on that one? That is not an easy, maybe you know easy routes, but that's, that's foreign country. I was a stranger and a pilgrim there. So it, it's important, you know, that we not be distracted. And all this political stuff, it's important. We need to be involved. We need to be aware citizens. We need to be informed citizens. We, we need to vote. But let's keep it in perspective. This is more important even than that, as important as that is. And then lastly, number 10. A stranger provides for his return as a merchant, that he may, that he may return richly laden. So we must appear before God in Zion. What manner of persons ought we to be? Let us return from our travel well provided. Hebrews 13.5, I think, illustrates this. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. You never go anywhere without provisions for returning. Whether you're making a return flight or you're planning on the days that you're going to drive back and the route that you're going to drive back, that you're going to get, that you're going to get home. We need to be mindful of that. That we need to be prepared for the return journey to heaven. I mean, we've never been there. It's not really return. But we need to be prepared for the journey to heaven. We, we know this is only part of our trip. This is just, we're, we're, we're just on our way now. And we need to make sure that we're going to be there in heaven. We need to make sure that we are saved. We need to make sure that we know Christ as our, our Savior. That's the key. And that can give you so much peace. You know, a person that is unsaved, this is all there is. That can be scary because the future at this time doesn't seem all that bright. And, you know, I've been born, you know, at this time in the world, and it looks like it's going to get ugly. And that could be very debilitating to a lost person who's counting on this to be all that there is. But you and I are blessed because for us, this not only isn't all there is, this is just a brief time here in this world. And we understand that. So when the, when, the, when the politics of the day and the social conditions and the cultural conditions are decaying around us like we are, rather than getting down and being discouraged and being depressed, it's very important to have the proper perspective. One writer put it this way. As Christians, we need to think of ourselves as travelers who are just passing through this sinful world. We are not permanent residents, but pilgrims on a journey to a better land. Therefore, we need to travel light, not burdening ourselves with an undue attachment to the material things of life. The more we care for the luxuries and possessions of earth, the more difficult will be our journey to heaven. 
heard this story. I'm going to share it with you. The story is told of some Christians that were traveling in the Middle East. They heard about a wise, very devout, old Christian believer. So they, they went out of their way to go visit him. And it took them some time, but when they finally found him, they discovered that he was living in a very simple, plain hut. All he had inside this hut, as the story goes, was a cot, a chair, a table, a battered old stove for heating and cooking. The story says that the visitors were shocked to see how few possessions the man had. And one of them blurted out, Well, where's your furniture? And the aged saint replied by gently asking, Where's yours? The visitor, sputtering a little, responded, Why, at home, of course. I, I don't carry it with me. I'm traveling. So am I, the godly Christian replied. So am I. There's wisdom in that story. There's a lesson to be learned. One last quote, we're done. David Egner asked the question, how do we cope with being pilgrims who are just passing through? Well, the best way possible? By looking to Christ and following his example. It would be the ultimate example, wouldn't it? He was also unwanted in this world. When he left his home in heaven to enter our humanity, he became the ultimate pilgrim. One day he will welcome us home. So again, as pastor, what should our perspective be? We should be involved. We should be engaged. We should be prayerful. We should be enthusiastically participating in and contributing to the source of light in this world, which are are Christians, believers, and the church. We should be enthusiastically involved in making sure that this light is shining brightly in our corner of the world. Do we have reason to be concerned? Absolutely. But Paul stated in his care and weariness over the church that things burdened him down, but he was never in despair. I think that's a very important point to make today. We can be concerned by the things that we see going on around us, but we need never be in despair. God is in control. We've read the last chapter of the book, and it has a very happy ending for every believer in this room. As we stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.